Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings today from Philadelphia, where it is cloudy and cold, as one might expect this time of year. I'm Sean Kelly, and the Pelicans are moving forward here on the uh, East Coast swing that finds them still with games at Philadelphia, at Toronto, and at New York. Good feeling last night as the Pelicans left Detroit with a win. They took down the Pistons 105-94, and that evens the road trip up at 1-1. They've also won now two of their last three and are even back at 500 at 19-19. They'll use today here in Philadelphia as a practice day, and then we'll play the uh, Sixers tomorrow night. And we'll have that for you, of course, on the radio and television as this road trip, the longest of the year, continues. Boy, big first half last night as uh, the second quarter proved to be key. The Pelicans uh, bested the Pistons in the second, 36-18. to Took care of the ball, dominated the glass, and hit some timely shots, out shooting the uh, Pistons overall last night in the game, 49% to 46.5%. And certainly it was a much-needed win over a red-hot Pistons team that had won nine of their last ten. We're going to listen in to uh, some postgame uh, sound from the Pelicans last night as a part of our podcast today. We're also going to uh, check in on the NFL. One of our favorite guests, Ian Eagle, is with us today. Help us get ready for the NFL championship weekend and coaching news, which is red hot right now around the NFL. So a good show here for you from Philadelphia today. Back to last night. Let's listen in on some of the fun the Pelicans had in their big win. Inbound finds Evans, front court right. He'll walk over to the center of the floor. Guarded there by Caldwell Pope. Left hand bounce toward the left side of the circle. Now retreating around the key. Drives the lane. Hangs in the air. Left side of the rim for a layup. No good with the right hand. Rebound. Oshik back up and in. Just past the would-be shot blocking Kyle Singler. And it's 8-2 New Orleans with about three minutes play. Weak side board for Anderson. Another defensive rebound for New Orleans. Under to Fredette along the right side boundary to Pondexter. Back out to Jimmer. Spins, dribbles, get past Augustine in the lane. Floater's good with the right hand. What a play for Jimmer for Fredette. Took one right in the schnoz, too. 28-22. 
Evans pushes off Caldwell Pope. Takes the dribble to the left sideline, hands it to Eric Gordon. Gordon throws back to Evans. Pump fake, sideline left. Yet to use the bounce, now does around a Davis screen. In the lane, kicks it wing right. Cunningham, catch and shoot, good again. That's playing unselfish basketball. Now to Davis, over left angle. Anderson for three. Off the rim. Oh, oh, go follow with the two hands of Anthony Davis. Woo! Hide your wife, hide your kids. Wow. Boy, oh, man. Loaded from the elbow for that follow-up. Here's for Dent. Back to Evans. Swing, swing over to Pondex for sideline left. Right back to Evans up top. Back over to Quincy for three. Got it. The second three ball of the game and the half. And the Pelicans lead by 20, 86-66. Another look here for the Pelicans who are blasting Detroit's second chance tonight, 18-5 in that category. 6.30 left in the game. Evans to the left elbow. Steps back off the key. Throws angle right for Anderson. Stumbles into the lane. Spins at the broken line. Feeds Davis. Davis off the foul line. He'll bounce it to Anderson. Right side of the lane. Three. Two, turn, step through, shoots, floats it home to beat the shot clock buzzer. Great footwork by Anderson and give him 17 on the night. Of course, the Pelicans win last night on the back of Anthony Davis, who had 27 points, 10 rebounds, four block shots. In all, the Pelicans had four in double-figure scoring and win even in the absence of starting point guard Drew Holiday, who remains out with right ankle inflammation. Ian Eagle still to come. NFL talk with him. And up next, we'll take you inside the Pelicans locker room uh, in Detroit last night after the big win. Here's we continue from Philadelphia on the Black and Blue Report. Mardi Gras is just around the corner, and Shreveport Bossier City invites you to experience Mardi Gras in the Arklatex, starting with the crew of Centaur Parade on Saturday, February 7th. Cap it off with a crew of Gemini Parade on Saturday, February 14th. Check out hotels and other things to do at Shreveport-Bosier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, Vice President of Sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... <coughs> Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. This is Pelicans head coach, Monty Williams, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to Philadelphia and the Black and Blue Report. Sean Kelly here on the road with the Pelicans as they uh, will get set for the Sixers tomorrow night. Still buzzing, though, about last night's win over the Pistons, 105-94. I interview Monty Williams before each game and after each game. Uh, The post-game interview uh, can run the gamut, uh, to say the least. People ask me all the time what that's like. Well, some nights are easy. And some nights are not so easy. Earlier this week, after the loss at Boston, it wasn't so easy. Last night, though, was a much more pleasant conversation with the Pelicans head coach. Coach, congratulations. That's a heck of a way to right the ship there. Yeah, we, um, we played the right way. And that's the only way I can sum it up. Uh, we shared the ball. We defended in the first half. In the second half, we knew they were going to make a run. I just watched them play against Atlanta. And they did the same thing. And they came all the way back almost, and um, I thought our guys just played the right way. The ball moved, we defended, we played in transition. Uh, a number of guys 
were involved when we were, we were running offense and um, defensively to hold that team to 36 points in the first half is um, stellar for, for anybody because I've watched them really put it on some teams here uh, lately. Coach, you said a big key tonight would be when the ball was in the air, rebounding specifically, yeah. you dominated there. Well, we only gave them three offensive boards and I think they're the best in the league at that. And so for us to, to be a plus 17 on the boards um, is really good for us. And it, it just means guys are locked into the game plan. When we lock into our game plan and execute it to about a 70, 80% clip, we can beat anybody. And then I firmly believe that. The ball moved tonight, like I talked about, and uh, the game plan was was sound, and guys made adjustments on the fly. They made their run, but we, we scored enough to, to withstand that, and uh, the zone um, kind of hurt us a little bit because we had Quincy out there, and we haven't had a chance to go over our zone coverages with him, but we'll figure that out um, tomorrow. Yet he hits a couple of threes, and your role players, in fact, played a big role tonight. Yeah, that's that's what he's capable of doing. He can knock down a shot, but I, I thought his defense on Jennings and Meeks uh, was really good. He just understands how to move his feet. He understands concepts. Uh, he and Dante give us a bit of an edge at that spot. And you know, Tyreek and Eric playing the point guard tonight uh, on the fly really helped us, especially Eric because he's not used to playing it with us. And I thought he made the right reads and got us into stuff. And, Obviously, we shot the ball decently tonight. And whenever the Pelicans win, we get to visit with one of the Pelicans' stars of the game right at the end of the uh, regulation the time or overtime as it may be. Last night, Victor Howell was on the radio broadcast with me, and we spent some time with Tyreek Evans, who started a point guard last night. Evans ended up nearly getting a triple-double. He had 18 points, 8 rebounds, and 9 assists. Those 9 assists led everybody in that category. He was sharing the ball and uh, was a force to be reckoned with offensively that's to say the least and he had more to say about the ball game and his team after the win congratulations Tyreek nice win tonight thank you appreciate it boy was this a long time coming or what <laughs> yeah definitely man first the east coast win I think we definitely needed it um we've been working hard you know um all year been on and off winning games so uh, it's definitely a good win for us you know to, to try to finish out this road, road trip strong Tyreek, take us through what's happened the last 24 to 48 hours. That was a frustrating loss in Boston. How did you get from that in Boston to the great start you had tonight? Uh, just the NBA, man. Things happen. You know, you never know. You know, we just got to realize that every team going to bring it every night. You know, we knew this team was hot coming in. Um, they, they got they had guys going. You know, uh, Brandon and Drummond was playing good for them. You know, and, uh, we knew from the beginning we had to, you know, be aggressive. I think we did a good job of that. You know, everybody played hard from the start. Tyreek, I'm not sure you could have seen anybody have better execution of the game plan in the first half. And I want to talk to you about the contributions on the board. You certainly had your share with eight rebounds, but Detroit missed 39 field goals tonight. And for a team that leads the league in offensive rebounding, you all held them to three. How much did you all focus on that and talk about not only the effort you had, but also Anthony Davis and Oshik who combined for 20 or 23 rebounds tonight? Uh, just uh, coming in, Coach talked about they lead the league in you know, rebounds, you know, offensive rebounds because they miss a lot of shots. So uh, we wanted to go in there and help the bigs, you know, uh, long long shots. You know, Brandon taking threes, they was coming off long. So we all was able to get get boards and help each other out. You know, when we got the board, our, our game time with the run. You know, when we run, you know, we unstoppable. We play at that pace, run and share the floor. We got Ryan Space, Eric Space, you know, Anthony running straight down the, uh, down the lane. You know, we unstoppable when we had that pace. 
And Tyreek, you just mentioned space. It certainly looked like in the first half you're spacing the game plan, get those bigs out of the lane because it really opened it up for you. Even when Jimmy Fredette came in driving the lane, seemed like it was like, hey, let's get those big guys out of here and let's attack the basket. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, we knew that coming in, you know, they, they like to drop, you know. They got Drummond, who's, who's a great athlete, and Greg Monroe, who's pretty good. Uh, so uh, we wanted to run them and pick and rolls. You know, Ryan did a good job of hedging. AD did a good job of um, picking and popping, you know, making his, making his reads. You know, and once they did that, you know, it kind of helped me out. I got easy assists. All right, Tyreek, congratulations. As always, we appreciate your time. Nice work tonight, my friend. All right, thank yep, you. Tyreek Evans, one of our stars of the game tonight. Evans and the Pelicans got a lift from a new player last night. Quincy Pondexter made his Pelicans debut, and he did not disappoint. Defensively, he... Uh, he uh, did some work at multiple spots, and that was certainly uh, the focus of Monty Williams. But some clutch shooting when Detroit went to the zone also proved to be big. He ended up with nine points off the bench, three threes in the second half for Quincy Pondexter, who visited with the media after the ball game. Getting back out there, you know, playing with it, a team over again. It was a lot of fun, man. But um, I was telling someone earlier is. The hard part's over, you know, that's all the emotional stuff off the court. And so um, basketball's been my safe haven since I was a kid. And so getting back to it was, was really fun today. When they went to that zone, you know, you, you found a few shots in there, but how, how difficult was it for you to kind of find your way around the offense to find that? Man, we were up 20. Who cares about finding your way in the offense? You know, I don't care about scoring. I never have. I, I just care about winning games. And so um, as long as we're doing that, you know, shots will come. We all got to be unselfish a little bit, and that's what I'm trying to bring in this team and making the extra pass, doing the little things, and having fun. Overall, did it feel pretty seamless? I mean, I know there's certain things you just got here like yesterday, but I mean, did you feel overall that? There's some things I got to improve, but at the same time, it, it was pretty seamless. I had a lot of fun out there, and um, I'm looking forward to the next one already. You know, I'm looking forward to getting to practice, and I'm looking forward to just getting to know all these guys. In the next day or two before the next game, I mean, what are some of the things that you're going to? Focus on to be even more prepared for the Philly game and going forward. You know, I got to be our best defensive player night in, night out, and so um, you know I have to get in um, a lot of film hours. Um, you know, learn tendencies, learn the calls, learn what strengths and weaknesses are our players, and you know, and continue to be a leader. And, and that's what I came here to do. Was it? I saw you out there. You were talking a lot. You, you were you know, being a leader out there, getting guys involved. That's something that Monty said he needed you to do, or does that just come natural? Uh, you know, Monty told me that, but at the same time, it does come natural. You know, I, I've seen what it takes on good teams, and so um, you know, I've been in the playoffs every year in my career, and so um, bringing that that leadership from that standpoint, you know, is is very valuable. And I see so much potential in, in these guys. I, I see, I see that we can be a playoff team. So doing the little things and you know, giving yourself up for the team is all that matters. I want to thank uh, Nakia Hogan from the Times-Picayune and Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Those are the two other voices you heard in that post-game visit there with Quincy Pondexter. So a big win for the Pelicans. They've evened up the road trip. Their mindset remains the same. They want to have a winning road trip and therefore a winning record when they come home for a big stretch of home games starting Wednesday against the Los Angeles Lakers. As I mentioned, practice today and then the game against the Sixers tomorrow night. That's at 6 Central on your radio and on uh, Fox Sports New Orleans television coverage there with David Wesley, Joel Myers, and Jennifer Hill. When we come back, we'll get into some football conversation with one of our favorites. It's Ian Eagle, who, of course, is a play-by-play announcer, one of the best in the business for the NFL on CBS and on the radio at Westwood One Radio Networks. He joins us from home, uh, interestingly enough, 
in just a moment. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. Yeah, that's the sound of Mardi Gras, baby. Throw me something! <laughs> Just something about the tradition of it all. Even though Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew scratch off from the lottery, you could be feeling like a king with up to $3,000 or even $12,000 in your back pocket. Stop and pick up Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew today. Now that's better than the good beads, baby. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Wednesday, January 21st at 7 when the Los Angeles Lakers come to town. It's Oshner Health and Fitness Night with the first 8,000 fans receiving a free Pelicans aluminum water bottle courtesy of Oshner. The Pelicans best pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games for the kids, and a whole lot more. Tickets start as low as $19. Visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Well, I had a long drive last weekend, and a good thing I had a good friend keeping me company along the way. That's because I had Ian Eagle in my ear. He was calling New England at Baltimore as a part of the NFL playoffs in Westwood 1. And we're pleased to have him now join us where I can speak two-way with him as opposed to listening to, I think that was you and Dan Fouts last weekend, wasn't it, Ian? I was actually Boomer. Oh, it was Boomer. That's right. And, and Sean, it was freezing. I had somehow convinced myself in the first half that I was not cold, and that's mind over matter. And then I looked at Boomer, who has uh, fair skin, to say the least. And at the end of the second quarter, he was beat red. And there may or may not have been some fluids around his nasal area that he had no control of. And I thought to myself, wow, he doesn't look like he's in great shape. I wonder if I'm in good shape, and then at halftime it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was not in good shape. It, it, was, it was very cold. The conditions were frigid. It was a tremendous game, though. Baltimore-New England, uh, to me, has been the best game of the playoffs so far. No doubt. Ian Eagle with us here. Of course, you know him from a, a number of different spots, uh, NFL on CBS, and, of course, Westwood won, as I mentioned, from this past weekend. We're pleased to have him back here on the Black and Blue Report. Clearly, you had the best game of the weekend, um, but all in all, I think that wouldn't you say we've reached a good Final Four here in the NFL, Ian? Yeah, and Sean, if you look at the storylines involved, you've got old reliable with New England, so put a check mark next to them. You've got the defending Super Bowl champions with Seattle, so that's another check mark the NFL is very uh, content with. And then with Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, who's not 100%, but was surgical in the way that he took apart Dallas in that second half. The controversy surrounding that game, Packers move on, and uh, you really feel as if they're a team with their leadership that could go on the road and, and win a big game, even though Seattle's so tough to beat at home. And here's the wild card aspect of it. A young star in Andrew Luck. We were waiting to see if Indianapolis could take that next step as a team, and they have. They're in the AFC Championship game. The mystery surrounding Denver leading up to their divisional game, 
where were the Broncos at? That was the main question to me. Peyton Manning physically and then emotionally as a team, they limped to the finish line. Uh, so despite the number two seed, I didn't go into that game completely confident that we were going to see the Denver team that we saw at different points during the season that looked like they could return to the Super Bowl. Indianapolis takes full advantage of it. They outplayed them. They outclassed them. Their defense was very good. Semblance of a running game was there, and they've got that stud quarterback who's going to win Super Bowl, Sean, at some point. Uh, the question is whether or not he's got the right supporting cast to actually go on a magical run and do it this year. It would have to be magical. And, frankly, I and I was in Boston uh, earlier in the week. Uh, they, they just assume just go on to the Super Bowl at this point. <laughs> they, they seem to have no respect for Andrew Luck and the Colts and see this as just an exercise or at least a walkthrough before they get to Phoenix. Yeah, I called that game last year, which was a divisional round game, Indianapolis and New England, and there was never a moment in the game that you felt the Colts could win. And that's probably why the Patriots, I don't know if the Patriots individually feel that way, but the fans certainly do, that the fans, they're yes. fueled by confidence that they've got their number and that luck is not quite ready, and the team around him is not of Super Bowl caliber. New England, look, they pulled out all the stops against Baltimore. They were challenged at every level against the Ravens, and that includes the coaching challenge and right through the game plan, which was excellent for Baltimore. Gary Kubiak had a very good plan. Dean Peace did an excellent job, and we know what John Harbaugh is all about, and that team was not intimidated going into New England. This is a much bigger mountain to climb for Indianapolis, uh, considering their personnel and considering their resume. Uh, they, they just don't have a lot of quality wins, and I don't blame a team for who they play on their schedule. They happen to play in the weakest division in the NFL. They cleaned up against that competition, 6-0, and back-to-back years in divisional games, but I just don't know if this particular Colts team is ready to pull off the kind of upset that they would need to pull off in order to go to the Super Bowl. Ian Eagle with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Ian, let's talk uh, NFC here for a moment. Uh, maybe it's human nature to do this, but it seemed like everybody wanted to kick dirt on the Seahawks earlier in the season and say, okay, well, just not there. This you know can't repeat. Arizona's rolling, and now all of a sudden I can't find any way that I don't see Seattle in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think that defense is just humming at uh, a ridiculous rate, and they are ultra-confident right now, no matter who they play. Now, this offense is better than the offense than they saw last week. Uh, it's more versatile than the offense that they saw last week. But their leader is not 100%. Anybody that watched that Dallas game, uh, look, he's doing the best he can, Aaron Rodgers, with what he has physically that he's dealing with he's not the same mover normally Rodgers is one of the better movers in the NFL in the pocket he is still capable of lighting you up the difference this week compared to previous weeks with Rodgers dealing with this injury is that Seattle will get natural pressure and it won't even have to come off blitz packages uh, they're able to collapse the pocket he's going to have to uh, be agile enough to deal with that and still uh, maintain control of his offense, uh, which is a very big ask right now for Green Bay. Uh, yes, uh, Seattle was taking some heat early in the year. There were chemistry questions regarding them. They uh, make 
a move that they felt was going to help them, addition by subtraction in the Percy Harvin deal. And it's hard to argue. Uh, Pete Carroll has a really good feel for his team. And, look, we've seen it. We've seen it in the sport that you cover on a daily basis, the NBA, and that I cover, obviously in the NFL and other sports. There is something to be said for belief, and there's something to be said for having done it already. Although we haven't seen a lot of repeat champions in the NFL, this team has got all the indications and the earmark of a team that could go out and repeat again. Uh, There is a strong belief that they are still the best team in the NFL, and uh, I think every guy would pass a lie detector test if they were asked it individually. All right, allow me to be an advocate for the Packers then. If Green Bay were to win on Sunday, they would have done what? What would they have pulled off? Eddie Lacy would have to have a huge day. Uh, I think uh, this Green Bay offense is asking way too much of Rodgers to deal with this Seattle secondary and the playmakers that they have. We know what happened in the first meeting, that Rodgers just did not look Richard Sherman's way. That can't happen again. Obviously, they're going to have to test him. They're going to have to use all parts of the field. But Eddie Lacy is going to have to be a, a big factor in this game. He went over 100 yards last week against Dallas. In fact, Rodgers went over 300. Lacy went over 100. They had two 100-yard receivers in Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. First time in playoff history uh, for the franchise that they've had that, 300, 100, 100, 100. And it's been accomplished just three times in NFL history. So that shows you what they're capable of. The weapons are there. They have more weapons offensively than Seattle does. They just don't have that defense. The Seahawks defense is at a different level right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, Ian, before I let you go, quick thought or two, or maybe you don't have one. I, you know, I'm just I'm throwing this up in the wind here. Um, you, what do you think of the coaching carousel and, and how it's starting to shake out now across the country? Yeah, I... I was actually surprised that uh, things didn't come together more rapidly, but obviously with coaches still a part of their current staffs that could not be hired based on the fact that their teams are still alive in the playoffs, that does throw the timing off a bit. Uh, the, you know, the Thomas Sulo hire was something I heard early in the process, and then it died down, but it shows me that San Francisco was serious about him from the beginning, They had some interviews, they poked around, and then they realized that he was the right man for the job. In terms of consistency and stability, uh, it's it's a little bit of an out-of-the-box hire, a defensive line coach becoming a head coach, but they know him better than anyone, and they believe that he's the kind of guy that can get the most out of that team, and it might convince Justin Smith to come back for another year. I'm sure it will. He was on the fence as to whether or not to play again. And the reality is they've got to find an offensive coordinator, Uh, that can maximize Colin Kaepernick. The Buffalo Bills hiring, uh, to me, they needed to shake it up uh, after the Marone shocker, and they did that with Rex Ryan. He's going to get a lot of positive publicity. He's going to get people fired up in that town. He's going to get that defense playing well, but he's got the same problem that he had in New York, and that's the quarterback position, Mm -hmm. whether or not E.J. Manuel is the guy or if they go out and uh, try to find somebody that fits what they're trying to do. The Jets and Todd Bowles, very mild-mannered. Uh, the questions for him will be New York-based. Can he handle the crush of the media? Uh, he's a guy that is very well-respected within NFL coaching ranks, 
and now he gets a chance to run his own show. Uh, we know that there have been many coordinators that have made the transition, and it has not been successful. Uh, he's a guy that people believe has the right temperament to be an excellent head coach in the NFL. A uh, little bit surprised by the hire. I, I thought they were locked in on Quinn, but I think uh, time was of the essence, and they needed to move on and get their act together. So I understand why they went in that direction. Is Quinn in Atlanta when this is all said and done? Uh, is is who in Atlanta? Uh, Dan Quinn, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. To me, this this is the fit that um, he, he wants and they want. Uh, they've waited around for a reason. The Jets were part of the conversation, but I think a big part of that was for his agents to drive the price up. He's going to be a first-year head coach, so salary is is definitely a big part of the equation because um, you're not going to get the money that Rex Ryan got in his second go-around. Uh, he, he's going to pump the price up, and if Seattle keeps winning, I think the price is going to continue to go up. I've heard great things about him, met him once, very impressive guy. What they've done defensively, what he's done, and getting those guys on the same page, Sean, uh, there's there's a reason why he's become the hot coaching property, and, and he deserves a chance. And I think Atlanta is a really good fit for him. Anytime you can go in with a quarterback already in place and his expertise is defense, uh, I think that's a really nice combination, and it's probably the guy that they wanted from the beginning. That's Ian Eagle, and uh, we got him at his home today, which is a victory in itself. Um, (laughs) Congratulations on that. Thanks, yeah. I slept in my own bed. That was was a huge, huge win in my life. Well, once again, you have uh, reestablished yourself as, you know, probably top five, Um, maybe even top four favorite guests of all time here on the Black and Blue Report. I, mean, I, I need to hear a 2015 ranking, obviously. I, I want this to play out. I, I've got some months to maybe help my ranking, and, and I understand it. it's very similar to college football rankings. There are some interviews where, where I'm going to have to just blow it out in order to, to get some ranking points. There's no doubt. There's, there is some style points involved here. Um, you know I'm kidding. Uh, I love it when you come on. I appreciate it very much. I'm sure you're going to be in, like, six different cities over the next five days. Um, and with that being said, we wish you safe travel and all the best. Thanks, Sean. Next appearance, I see a Bill Raftery impression to, to help my points. I have not, you know, between you and Bill Shoning down in San Antonio, there's a few that are master impressionists, and I have not. I, I need to do probably just one show where I line a few of you up, and we're just going to do impersonations <laughs> the entire I like that idea. 35 minutes. I'm we'll have a, yes. It. A roundtable discussion. It'd be it'd be great. It, it would be uh, similar to a late '70s uh, show, maybe the Mike Douglas show that had Rich Little and Fred Travellina on it. My friend, you are dating us once again, both of us. Yep. Um, Next level. Yes, uh, and by the way, uh, everything is cyclical. And if if late '70s, early '80s fashion can come back around, I am seriously, and I mean this in all sincerity, I'm hoping that some of that type of entertainment comes back around as well. So. Well. Look, you should not be embarrassed by the corduroy that you have in your closet. There's a very good chance it's coming back, so don't don't lose faith. I wore corduroy last night in Detroit, believe it or not. So clearly it's back for you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a little it's a little wider and not as snugly fitted as it was back in the eighties. Um, yeah. Good yes. breakdown. I think we're probably digressing too far here. 
See you, bud. Thanks, Ian. Ian Eagle, everybody, the play-by-play man for every fan. He's with us here on the Black and Blue Report, and we'll be right back. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion. It's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Taking a break from Mayor Landrew's pothole repair crew. Once again, here's Sean Kelly. We will continue our NFL Conference Championship conversation tomorrow with two great guests. Kevin Burkhardt from the NFL on Fox will be part of tomorrow's Black and Blue Report, as will former NFL quarterback Bubby Brister. That should be a good conversation and should be our last step in getting ready for the AFC and NFC Conference Championship games on Sunday. Basketball-wise, tomorrow, it's under exclusive one-on-one with Pelicans head coach Monty Williams. That interview will air first tonight on the Monty Williams Show. That airs at 8 Central on the flagship station of the radio network. That's 105.3 WWL-FM. So in case you miss it tonight at 8 Central, it's yours tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. And we'll wrap up the week with that, and it should be a good show. Thanks again for joining us today here from Philadelphia, and thanks to our guests today as well. Head coach Monty Williams, Tyree Gevins, Quincy Pondexter, and Ian Eagle from the NFL on CBS and Westwood One. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everyone. We'll see you right here next time on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.